Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian, where we talk about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Dive right in as we wrestle with what it means to live out our faith in the world. Hi, my friends. Welcome to the Lady Preacher podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Kelsey. And today we are just doing a solo episode. So you just get me, myself and I (laughs) speaking into your ear and hopefully sharing a little bit of good news and gospel with you. I invite you if you are listening to this on a walk or a drive to not close your eyes. But if you are in a space where you can go ahead and close your eyes and we'll say a prayer together. Good and gracious creator, we come to you this day in so many different places and in so many different states of being. God, some of us come to you with heavy hearts or full of joy for a new week. Some of us are just tired from the grind of life. But wherever we are, oh God, help us to trust in you that you are with us in all of it, that you are in the center of all the chaos with us. And that where we feel tired and exhausted, you come and you say, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. God, I pray so much for each person listening today. May they feel wrapped in your comfort, held up by your strength, and encouraged by your hope. May your love touch them at the deepest level in their heart so that they know they are never truly alone, that you are with them, that we are all with each other. God, I pray this in your good and holy name. Amen. So today we are reading from the gospel according to John. This is chapter 11. And we're reading verses 20 through 44. This is the new revised standard version. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed back at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of God. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to Jesus, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God, the one coming into the world. When Martha had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when Mary heard that, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and all those who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit 
and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They told him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Those who were there said, see how he loved Lazarus. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus looked upward and said, God, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of those standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When Jesus said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to those gathered, unbind him and set him free. Here ends our reading. In our story today, we encounter grief and frustration, particularly with God's timing. We hear Mary and Martha say, Lord, if you had only been here, if you had only been here, our brother would not have died. Now, Mary and Martha's names might sound familiar. We often hear about them in the context of the story in which they're at their home and Jesus is there with his disciples. And Mary is busy cooking and doing things in the kitchen. She's cleaning. She's preparing food. And Mary is sitting with the male disciples at Jesus' feet. And Martha gets upset with Mary. Mary, what are you doing? You should be helping me. And Jesus says to Martha, Mary is exactly where she needs to be. But Martha doesn't feel that way. Martha feels like Mary isn't where she's supposed to be in that moment. And the same thing happens with this story about Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus dying. And Jesus is also not where they think he should be. Their brother Lazarus gets incredibly sick. And word comes to Jesus that Lazarus is dying. But Jesus decides to stay in the town where he's at for a few more days. He says, Lazarus isn't dead. He's just asleep and he stays. But by the time he eventually arrives to the town where Mary and Martha are, as well as Lazarus in the tomb, Lazarus is already gone. He's been in the tomb for four days. As it says in scripture, he already has a stench to him. He's been gone so long. And when Martha encounters Jesus as he arrives, she says to him, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. And again, when Jesus comes to Mary, Martha's sister, Mary has the same accusation. Lord, if you had only been here, our brother would not have died. And when they accuse Jesus of this, it's not that they have a lack of faith in what he is capable of doing. They believe if he had been there, he would have intervened. He could have saved 
Lazarus. He could have done something. They have that belief in him. And even Martha says, I believe in the resurrection to come. But what they're mad about, what they're angry about in their grief is that Jesus didn't do anything. He could have, but he didn't. They're angry both at his timing and at his lack of intervention. And aren't we all angry at God sometimes for God's timing and for the lack of intervention? Aren't we all sometimes mad that God doesn't intervene and prevent unnecessary suffering? Lord, if you had only been here, we get mad and and rightfully so in our grief when tragedy strikes. We question, why didn't the almighty God act on our behalf? Why didn't God intervene? Why didn't God do anything? And perhaps even more heart-wrenching is the question, why do some people get the miracle while others don't? And the truth is we don't know why. We don't know why these bad things happen to certain people. And we try to make up answers and reasons You might have heard someone say, well, God just needed another angel or God is teaching us a lesson through these trials we're experiencing or everything happens for a reason. But I don't know that I believe that. I don't know that I believe that everything happens for a reason. I do believe that God can create purpose out of things and bring new life out of awful things. I have often said that, you know, I'll never be grateful that my mom died when I was little, but I am grateful for the ways God wove resurrection into my life. And, you know, I gained uh, an incredible bonus mom and a bonus family out of that. I can be grateful for that. I don't have to be grateful for my mom dying. I think God created goodness out of tragedy, but I don't think it happened for a reason. I don't blame God for my mom dying. Because the truth is, we don't, we don't know why these awful things happen. We don't. We don't know why some people come off a ventilator and others don't. We don't know why some folks catch cancer quickly so that they can start treatment easily with enough time and others don't. We don't know why some people get a rainbow baby after a miscarriage and others don't. We don't know why bad things happen. They just do. It seems to be one of the only guarantees that we have in being human, that you will struggle, you will suffer, you will grieve, you will face hardship and heartbreak. Welcome to the world. This is going to be hard. But the other guarantee we have in being a human is that we are never ever alone. We not only have God, but we have each other. But with God, in this story, when Mary and Martha confront Jesus in their grief and anger, he doesn't chastise them. He doesn't say, why are you angry? Or just be patient, or it's all in God's timing. Jesus doesn't say any of that. He doesn't get upset with them for being mad at him. Instead, he has compassion for them. And the root of the word compassion, come meaning with, and passion meaning suffering. Jesus comes to suffer with. 
He says to them, take me to see him. Take me to see Lazarus. Take me to the tomb. Let me see. And they bring him there in the middle of this huge crowd of mourners. Jesus literally enters the center of grief, the center of their suffering. That's where he wants to go. He wants to go into the center of their mourning. And he weeps. It's the shortest verse in all of scripture. Jesus wept. He was so deeply moved in his spirit. It uses the word disturbed. He was so disturbed in his spirit and so deeply moved that he wept. So often we try to hide our pain or how we are really feeling from God. We try to put on a happy face and be grateful. And we tell ourselves, I I have so much to be thankful for. Or we compare our suffering to someone else's. They have it so much worse. Who am I to feel sad or angry or hopeless? Someone else has it so much worse. I have so much to be thankful for. But if this story tells us anything, it's that God says, show me your pain. Like a loving parent to a child, God says, tell me where it hurts. Not so that God can fix it with a snap of God's fingers, but so that God, like a loving parent would do, can feel with us, can offer us some kind of comfort and compassion. Tell me where it hurts. The things that we try to bury deep inside ourselves, God wants to see. God wants to enter into the middle of our suffering, the center of our grief, to weep with us to cry with us, to feel with us, to suffer with us, to have compassion. And then after sitting with us for a moment, then God speaks life into us, just as Christ did for Lazarus that day. We try to bury ourselves in the tomb of our work, in the tomb of our busyness, in even that tomb of gratitude saying, there's so much I could be grateful for. We try to bury it. We try to bury ourselves, but Christ calls out to us as he did to Lazarus, come out, come out. And then there's this beautiful line that he speaks as Lazarus comes out a little bit stinky and smelly. Jesus says to the people gathered there, unbind him and set him free. It's a community thing. Unbind him and set him free. That the community participates in healing with Lazarus. As we come out of the tomb, we have this community there to care for us. Unbind him and set him free. Think of those things that have bound you, that have buried you and kept you bound, and the people who have helped set you free. Because the thing is, God abides in Christ, and Christ abides in us, and we abide with each other. That is the promise of the gospel. That's what we remember every time we partake in communion or witness a baptism, that God abides in Christ and Christ in us, and we abide 
with each other, that we are part of this body, that we care for each other. When one is suffering, we all suffer with because that's what God does. We are not alone. And God has compassion for us and feels with us. And God has given us people to help unbind us and set us free. There's a beautiful story in a book by Priya Parker called The Art of Gathering. And she tells the story of a rabbi who every time there's a funeral, the rabbi at the end has the people gathered there, line the aisleway all the way to the door, to the temple, out through the narthex, the gathering area, all the way down to the hearse. And so the people line up and the rabbi says to the family, as you walk down, see all of these people gathered here who will help buoy you in this time of deep grief. The people who have promised to walk with you, to be with you, to be the presence of God for you. You are not alone. Because God abides in us and we get to abide with each other. That is the gift. That is the good news that God abides in Christ and Christ abides in us and we abide with each other. And for that, we give thanks. Amen. Thank you, my friend, for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and bring you peace. May you go forth into your week, into your day, into the next few moments held in the loving arms of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer and blessed forever by the father and the son and the Holy spirit, who is mother of us all go in peace. My friend, amen. My friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for you. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. The Lady Preacher podcast is part of a nonprofit called Dancing Pastor Ministries. And you can find us online at dancingpastor.org or join the community by finding us on Facebook at Dancing Pastor Ministries. If you would like to be a part of supporting this podcast, there are many ways you can do that without giving monetarily. You can share our posts on social media, send an episode to a friend, or just leave a review. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at dancingpastor.org slash give. My friend, you are a gift. Thank you for being here and God bless.